You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC Sports. Brought to you by JohnnyTShirt.com, the go-to provider for all your Tar Heel gear. Welcome back to a special edition of the Coast to Coast podcast. I'm Joey Powell, your host. You're on the Inside Carolina network of podcasts because we do so much stuff. But this one's pretty special because this is timely. This is meeting importance of the news that's happening today or earlier today. Today, we're going to talk about a very, very newsworthy item for UNC basketball fans. I want to bring in our two uh, experts and the guy that the guys that usually carry me through this podcast, uh, Sean Moran, Cheryl McMillan. How you guys doing? Doing well. Real, you yeah. good? Got, got, yeah, got, we, got the fruit snacks? Yeah, we, we've been talking about dominoes, and there's finally one. So Fin- Finally have a domino here. Yeah. Right, well, speaking of, uh, speaking of dominoes and games – Games are back on, at least for football. Basketball is going to be here soon. We have a, uh, have a schedule now. Get your gear. Call Johnny T-Shirt. Go to johnnytshirt.com. Get your UNC gear of choice, whatever you want. They have it. They have it at a good price. They have lots of it. They have different styles. They have different brands. Whatever you need and or want and or can dream of, I promise you Johnny T-Shirt has it. Hit them up, johnnytshirt.com. Show them some love because they have been supporting Inside Carolina and Inside Carolina content for quite some time. But news of the day, Double D, DeMarco Dunn, officially popped for the Tar Heels and for Roy Williams. Sherelle, what is, what is Roy Williams and, and what are the Tar Heels getting in, in a player like DeMarco Dunn? I think more than anything, they're getting someone who can score, who can shoot. <clears throat> and uh, considering – um, you, so turn back the clock a couple of years and you have the kind of the loaded 2018-19 team with Kobe White and Kenny Williams and Cam Johnson and Luke May and Nasir Little where scoring wasn't an issue for them. Uh, you know, they had so many shooters, but they knew they were going to lose pretty much all five of those guys in one season. And um, a part of trying to rebuild the roster is obviously you have to have perimeter firepower. And I think they – did an okay job with that in the 2019 class. Um, they got Cole Anthony, who's, you know, a home run. Um, but after that, it, w- it was pretty much Christian Keeling and Justin Pierce and to some degree, Anthony Harris. And so they never replenished that scoring um, deficit, you know, from that 2018-19 season. I think you saw that in 2020 with who they looked at with Caleb Love and R.J. Davis and Walker Kessler and Puff Johnson and Carmen Walton and Dayron Sharp, all guys who – I think at some point in their college career could give you 20 points in a game. Um, so you saw the concerted effort to add scoring in in 2020, and that was continuing on into 2021. They know that more than likely Caleb Love is kind of a one-and-done player. <clears throat> They're losing uh, Andrew Playtech from the backcourt rotation um, in this class. And so they needed another guard who could shoot, another guard who could score. And that's pretty much what, what Dunn gives them. Uh, he's kind of a phenomenal story because, you know, this time last year, or I guess last summer, he was living in Arizona and he didn't really have any offers. I think maybe like Grand Valley State was his best offer at the time. And, you know, fast forward a year later, and he's got offers, you know, from many ACC schools, Pac-12 schools, and he's picking essentially between Arizona, Vanderbilt, and Carolina and Texas 
um, and, you know, picking UNC. So quite a turnaround. Uh, but to circle all the way back, I had to go back to 2018 to explain kind of what they're looking for. <laughs> but he gives scoring and shooting. And uh, I think that's what they wanted to come in and do. That's a heck of a dearth of shooting ability, too, that you mentioned, that vacuum that UNC experienced after 2018. Sean, what do you see in a guy like DeMarco Dunn? I don't know if I have too much to add after, uh, after Sherelle. <laughs> he, My bad. He, My he, bad. Covered, no, he, he covered her pretty well. Um, you know, I think, I think for Dunn, uh, he was one of the – I can't remember if he was the first or one of the first players to receive an offer um, kind of during the COVID period. Um, so that, that sticks out. In terms of, uh, once again, it's another North Carolina product. So you add him to Styles, and now you have really two of the top players in the state. And – you know, 30 of a guy that can that can shoot. I think we can probably get in. I know we've kind of been debating about his mechanics um, offline, so we can get into that later. But I think at the very least, when you're getting, especially right now, you have Puff and Harris and Walton, and you don't really know what you're going to get out of those guys. I mean, Harris has been injured. The other two really sub-50 players, so you never really know, you know, how a sub-50 player is going to – perform in the first year, let alone over their career. So here you just kind of have another, I'd say, safety option. But I'd say I'm higher on him than than most. Just, you know, I was watching a game today, and did he stand out like you would say, hey, you know, that guy is going to Carolina? He didn't in that particular game. But I think there's a lot of things to work with that will make him um, kind of a good long-term recruit, just in terms of his scoring ability, and his size and length, I think, were, you know, are things to me that, that uh, give him a, a higher ceiling than I think, you know, he's rated in the, in the low 80s, 90s. So I think normally in that role, you're not going to get any production. Um, but I think for him, might not be in year one, it could be, but I, I do think he'll have a, a decent, at, at minimum, a decent career to a good career. All right. So, that's a good rundown of, of who he is as a player, what UNC is getting at him. Uh, Arel, you kind of touched on a little bit, but when did he first kind of appear on Roy Williams and the staff's radar? When did it feel like he was kind of getting some momentum to become that type of kid that would get a UNC offer? You mentioned early on when he's out in Arizona, not really scratching the surface, but he, he shows up in Fayetteville. And, you know, as, as all things that come out of Fayetteville are top notch. Yes. I mean, we're talking sure. about, high-class human beings, top-notch mm-hmm. athletes, brilliant mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, DeMarco gets to Fayetteville, and now all of a sudden he's, he's a big-time kid. Talk about that offer process and how he kind of landed on the UNC radar. Just the magic touch of Cross Creek Mall. You just it's go there. And, yeah, so, uh, <laughs> so probably in the last fall, I think, is really when he started, maybe not on the UNC radar, but when he started kind of turning heads. Um, he plays at Westover High School. Um, which actually has become a tradition-rich program in Cumberland County over the last decade. Um, and so he had a lot of visibility in a lot of local tournaments. And then, you know, Westover was undefeated. They had already won a state title. Um, and so, you know, I think just over, over the course of the year, his play really started to get the attention of coaching staffs. And he, we talked about this uh, earlier in the summer. There are a lot of guys who were on the list of coaches that basically said, hey, we want to see this guy and, and maybe he can show us some more during AAU. Like he's kind of on the, you know, on the radar, for, for lack of a better phrase. That's really what he was. And I think he was that for Carolina. We actually confirmed that, that he was for Carolina. And, um, you know, once, you know, the coronavirus happened and 
restrictions and the moratorium on visits and no AAU and everything canceled, it really went down to film. <clears throat> and Sean and I and, and Ben and Rob have watched uh, a few Westover games. Um, and I think we saw what they liked in him. Um, and really, you know, we didn't expect them to offer when they did. We thought it was going to be more of, hey, this is Roy Williams. I'm introducing myself. We're going to recruit you. But he got an offer. It, the first time he talked to Roy Williams, he got an offer. Um, and so he was the third offer of um, the kind of COVID period. So Dontre Styles got offered maybe a week into it, like late March. And then Hunter Salas got offered after that. And then DeMarco Dunn. Um, so he, he was on the radar last fall. And I think this might have ended up happening anyway had he played well on the AAU circuit. It just kind of took a weird turn to, to get where, um, you know, we are now. Because we, we had people, um, you know, who across the state who were like, you need to go look at this DeMarco Dunn kid. He's the best player in the state. Um, and that was before I, I had never heard of him, didn't know who he was. But, you know, Ben had people telling him that. I had people telling me that. And I think that's kind of how his recruitment progressed. Sean, do you remember the first time you heard about DeMarco Dunn or the first time you saw any, any video footage of him? Uh, it was definitely after the North Carolina crew did because all of a sudden um, I think Sherelle was sending me uh, full game footage in my inbox telling me to, tell me to watch it. So, <laughs> and, and one, you know, watching Westover was pretty impressive just with their, with their um, you know, the, the full court press and trap that they were, that they were doing. And initially Dunn, you know, was, was pretty quiet. Then all of a sudden – he finished the first half with like 18 points, um, you know, maybe missed one shot. Uh, and really from that point, started watching him a little bit more. Uh, we were able to watch him a little bit throughout AAU on the grainy baller TV feeds uh, whenever they played in South Carolina. So we did get to watch him on the AAU circuit. Now, he would have loved to have seen him on a national circuit. And, you know, I think in high school, he shot 45% from three. So is he shooting you know, 40% or, you know, maybe 38% or higher from three high-level AAU. We won't know, you, even though I would have loved to have seen him on that level. But I guess – Oh, we lost him. Hello? You still there? I'm here. Oh. All right. We lost you for a second. I thought you were just – what happened was your – your your information just gotten too powerful that it, it locked up our our wireless feed. So um, that's all right. We got most of what you we got most of what you were saying anyway. Um, Sean, how do you feel like he projects into a? Right, into I'm, I'm a back. Oh, you're back now. How do you feel like a player like Dunn projects into the UNC lineup? Like where where do you see him with what they'll have coming back during Dunn's freshman year? Definitely see him slotting into the, the shooting guard role. You know, once again, it goes back to how are the players doing this year, the freshmen. Uh, but even with that, I, I still see, you know, definitely Puff. And I still look as, at Walton as more of a three, even though I know he's a, a two guard. I just think defensive wise, I don't think he's as quick maybe to guard a two. I could easily be proven wrong, but I kind of see both of them as wings um, along with Leakey. So you have a, a lot of depth at that position, but from the two guard spot, kind of a guy that can come in and hit threes, I definitely think he'll come in probably Probably not start, but be able to produce right off the bench. You know, once again, if it is RJ Davis at the point guard spot and, you know, maybe a Terrace at the two, if he's healthy, but if not, you can have Dunn come in and he kind of protects Davis on the defensive end a little bit, just with that size and length that he offers versus having another kind of six foot, six foot one combo guard come in. You know, once again, I, I, I'm, I'm higher on him than, than that 90 rating. And I think he, he will be able to produce early on as a freshman. Um, I think, a few key attributes when it comes to shooting. You know, today, 
he, he gets a pretty good elevation on his jump shot and he has a lot of range. You know, he's very comfortable from the NBA three point range. Um, watching his film, his AAU film from his U16 uh, Under Armour circuit last year, he was short on a lot of his jump shots and he didn't appear to have kind of that upper body strength that he did uh, last year during the season. So I think, you know, that improvement and hopefully there's some, some more improvement and, you know, to sum it all up, I see him slotting in as a two and, and I, I see him making some meaningful contributions off the bench. Rel, I'm going to come to you in a second, but uh, I know you typically don't like these questions. So Sean, you always feel like the guy that can humor my, my simple mind in, in paralleling one player's game to another. Does anybody jump out at you as a decent comp for, for DeMarco Dunn right now? Uh, man, I'm, I mean, I'm fairly bad at these comps. Um, See, I think you're good at it, but at, you know, what do I know? I'm just, <laughs> you guys are the, you guys are the experts. I'm just, I'm just driving uh, ship. No, I mean, Sherelle mentioned in the, in the thread today, and I don't think it's a perfect fit from a playing style, but in terms of uh, ranking wise, Kenny Williams, because Kenny was one of, you know, similar, similar size, um, you know, shooting ability was his main attribute. And once again, kind of an 80, low 80s, 90s type of guy that came in and he really didn't do much his freshman year, but all of a sudden he's playing and, you know, a two-year starter. Um, so I, I think, once again, I talked about, you can go through any of the years of the 24-7 databases. And as, once you get under that, that top 50, a lot of guys don't have a, you know, big impact. Sure, there are a few right. that make it to the NBA, but even on the college level, especially the high major level, a lot of transfers, a lot of, you know, small impact players there. And Kenny Williams made an impact. And I think that's what you'll get from Dunn. Um, so it might not be a perfect, you know, who does he remind you of playing wise, but in terms of a name that pops into my head in terms of a, a UNC career. Cheryl, do you feel like kind of what, what Sean was saying about guys that are in that, you know, 70, 80 range, uh, at least sub top 50, you feel like those guys' success is more determined on fit with the program than is anything else? And if so, you know, does that really play with DeMarco here? Yeah, 100%. I think that's a great observation by you um, in that, you know, if you're the, you know, 85th ranked player and you go to a program that doesn't really uh, accentuate your skill set, then you've kind of wasted your time and then you're going to transfer you're going to probably end up at a lower level and then it's going to be tougher for you to reach whatever, you, you know, your goals were. Um, I, going back to, to what Sean said, I think <clears throat> Kenny Williams is a perfect example of that. When he, you know, I think VCU was like a perfect fit. VCU um, with uh, Shaka Smart when he originally committed uh, and signed was perfect for Kenny Williams. When he reopened, uh, his choices basically came down to Michigan, Virginia, and Carolina. And I think at the time, you know, UNC was going through the stuff with the NCAA. And I, I think he looked at it and said, well, you know, I can play great defense and I need to go somewhere where I'm going to get open shots. And, you know, if you look at that, it, it to me, from there, it came down to Michigan and Carolina. And then I think Carolina probably just won because it was a little closer to home and easier for his parents. All that to say, he made a great choice because he started, you know, I think the first 15 or 16 games of his sophomore year with Theo Pinsonhurt, and then he started the rest of his career. Um, as a sub 90 player and the, the comparison, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say comparison, but I was trying to, to tell people in that thread is that the role that Dunn is going to play is probably going to be very, very similar in that he's not going to be um, a primary or really secondary ball handler, but he's still going to be a guard. And with Kenny Williams, he was basically a, a shooting guard, a true 
shooting guard who could also play some three. And I think that's what DeMarco Dunn will be for UNC. And, I mean, if there's someone he wants to follow, like someone as a guide, I can't think of anyone better than Kenny Williams for that, yeah. for that reason. Their skill sets, um, they're not um, – I, I, they're not terribly dissimilar. Uh, the the skill sets that they have, I think Dunn is probably to me is probably a better overall player in the little bit I've seen of him. Um, but I think, you know, he has a model in front of him of how to win playing time at UNC um, and how to become a major contributor. I, I think he's also seen that they're recruiting big guys pretty well right now. And if that continues, mm-hmm. all they need is one or two people to just sit there wide open on the perimeter and make shots. And if you can do that, you're going to play a lot. And there's a lot that comes with um, being successful at UNC. It's, you know, it's, it's Carolina. So if you're good at Carolina, it's better than being good at a lot of other places. I would also remind our listeners and viewers that, you know, when you guys gave the, you know, you hearken Kenny Williams a little bit, um, you know, Kenny Williams, while maybe not a blue chip prospect, was an incredibly reliable player. Uh, the end of his career for for Roy Williams from somebody that you know when you're watching you kind of feel like if he's getting an open look it's going to go um, so I, I love that you guys brought Kenny's name up uh, any depth chart thoughts from you Sherelle about about you know where he might slot in a couple of years or what the wings will look like I know Sean touched on it a little bit yeah I, I want to go back to what you just said though and the other thing we're talking about like 80s or 90s you know college basketball is about to change you know some people will say from the better. Some people will say from the worse. It, it depends on what side you're on. I don't think there's really anybody in the middle. Um, but a top, you know, 80 player, you know, in a couple of years is going to be more like a top 50 player. And a right. top 50 player in a couple of years is going to be more point. like a top 20 player. So, you know, if you start projecting forward to tie it into the depth chart stuff, you know, Dunn is someone who I think will be in college for at minimum two years. So if these changes start taking place in a couple of years, you know, a junior Dunn who was ranked, you know, top 80, is going to be, you know, almost like a top 25 McDonald's All-American as a junior if he continues to work hard and continues to progress as a player. So you have to think about that when you start talking about rankings. And then um, depth chart-wise, you know, Andrew Playtech is graduating. You know, we're not sure exactly how they're going to deploy Corwin Walton. I think I agree with Sean that he's probably, even though he's billed as a two-guard, I think he's probably more of a three just because of some of – you know, the, the small deficiencies he has as far as athleticism and, and speed and those things. So you start looking at the backcourt and it's RJ Davis and, you know, he's, we all think he's going to be very good, but you know, he can't do it by himself. He can't play 40 minutes a game. And then there's Anthony Harris, who we think is going to be good, but has a torn ACL in each of the last two years and nothing else, you know, moving forward uh, because Leaky Black more than likely will probably stay on the wing. So they need bodies in the backcourt. They need people who can score. Um, they need people who are dynamic and who could play along well with someone like R.J. Davis or someone like Hunter Salas or someone like Sky Clark. So I think that's the value in Dunn is that every coach we've talked to, we've talked to his AU coach and we've talked to his high school coach. We've talked to people who watch him. And the first thing they say about him above all else is that he's super efficient. He doesn't need a ton of shots that you know, he can take six shots and have 15 points and, and have a great day um, and that they have to sometimes ask him to be a little more aggressive uh, because not that he blends in, but just he wants to make sure that he's not getting a good shot, that he's getting a great shot. And for, I think, the last couple of years, you know, Roy Williams always talks about recruiting uh, shooter, recruiting guys who make shots versus shooters. And so he's going to have an opportunity to show that he is a guy who makes shots as opposed to just a shooter. So I think all that ties into it. 
Coach Williams said a lot last year. <laughs> I don't want shooters. I want makers. Right. So it sounds like DeMarco Dunn definitely falls into that category. Sean, you wanted to add on to that? Yeah, and I think going back to uh, kind of the, the weekly scoop that Sherelle did a few weeks ago on the wings, you know, when you're looking at UNC wings, they don't need a guy that can break a guy. You know, it's nice to be able to break a guy down off the dribble, but you need a guy who can run the floor, uh, finish in transi- transition, make an open shot on the perimeter, feed the post. Um, and I think Dunn provides all that. Um, and, I, and I think his skill set fits in perfectly with UNC's offense. Um, and then kind of a few other things I, I mentioned earlier, just kind of the, the lift on his shot, which I liked. One thing that caught my attention back in the spring when I first watched him, and every time you see him more and more, you have a right-handed a right-handed guard that is most comfortable going left. Loves going left. I noticed that. Um, whether it's taking all the way to the basket and finishing with his left or going around the pick and roll, only using his left hand, uh, making a one-handed left-handed pass. So just to have that ability for a right-hander, I think, is is a plus. Now, how that plays into it, I don't know. But once again, it's just something that he has in his in his pocket. And then – you know, I think another thing in terms of maybe a deficiency right now is, is some, some of the time I hear about his motor, which, you know, I saw it a little bit watching on, you know, off the ball on defense. Is he fully engaged? Maybe not. But if he's going to be playing at Carolina, he'll have to be engaged. So I think they'll be able to get that out of him. And once again, you, you put his length, and I don't know what his wingspan is, but it, it looks definitely like a good plus size wingspan, which you know, whether it's on ball defense or off ball, I think will will play into, you know, a steal rate, block rate, and him playing a playing a, uh, having an impact on the defensive end as well. So those are just a few other done notes and a few other reasons why I, I'm a little higher on him than I guess his ranking. All right, guys, we've been sitting around for the last what seems like ever talking about waiting for dominoes to fall. Well, I've been waiting to drop this line. Now that it's a done deal, <laughs> what's next? For Roy Williams and the Tar Heels, what what happens next? And and Shirelle, I'll go to you first. Well, uh, there's another Carolina target who's set a commitment date. Uh, Sky Clark, who is a 2022 slash 2021 guard, <laughs> he is uh, committing. He said um, on October 22nd. It could happen before, so I would say on or before October 22nd, we'll we'll kind of know. Um, at least what school Sky Clark is going to, even if we're not 100% sure about which class. Uh, so uh, that's one to watch. And then, you know, Hunter Salas is obviously kind of the top guy as far as a lead guard candidate in 2021. And, um, uh, you know, we put a note on the premium board. I guess it's been a few days, so we can go and say it now. But he is more now trending towards a decision in the spring, <clears throat> which uh, tells me that he really wants to get on campus and that he wants to evaluate a few things and that, he doesn't 100% sure know where he wants to go. So that is not bad news for Carolina. I think our, uh, our subscribers have kind of felt like it's bad news, <laughs> but I don't particularly take it as that. I just think it's a guy who, um, you know, has had, has a bunch of great options and he wants to be sure. So um, that's not imminent anymore. There's, there's, we're not looking for a, a commitment from him anytime soon. So I think it's, uh, they'll keep up on Salas and, and hopefully get, 
them on campus whenever the moratorium ends. Uh, Sky Clark decision, and then you'll probably see a few more 2022 offers. And um, there's even a, a, a 2021 name that if you are not a subscriber, check it out. It's on the premium board um, who they've looked at recently. And, you know, we'll see if anything happens with that. Sean, you got any, uh, got any suspicions that you want to add? Uh, well, I think that, you know, once again, we've been kind of waiting for this to happen for a while. And it goes, and two guys where they're not going to scare off, you know, these top 10, 15, five-star guys that UNC offered, um, offered early. So once again, I think you've built kind of a strong foundation in this recruiting, recruiting class with those two guys, it would be great to still add, you know, one or two more, but I think you're able to still swing for Salas, um, you know, Clark, if he, if he reclasses, um, Baldwin, Jabari Smith, et cetera. And you have a guy that can play really the two, three, a guy that can play the four, three. So you have some, those positions covered. Um, and once again, if you're Solace, you're not really scared off by Dunn because you're ranked higher and you're more of a combo guard than a true shooting guard. Um, and then same thing with Houston, who's more of a, a true three than kind of a, either a Styles or, or Dunn also. So um, that, that's a positive. In terms of what's next, you know, now I think it gets a lot of question marks. You know, will UNC offer other players? If so, who? Um, you know, Cheryl mentioned somebody they're looking at, but Right now, there's not a lot of offers out there in the 2021 class. I know they're looking at 2022 as well. But, you know, where do those offers come from if they miss on a few of those guys? So I think that those questions are there. Um, but once again, I think the main thing is they added a guy with some upside, and now they have two players uh, in the class. Um, so I think that's, that's a positive, and we'll see if they can kind of hit a home run with any of the other guys. All right. Well, Listeners, viewers, you heard it here first. DeMarco Dunn making his commitment today to Roy Williams and the North Carolina Tar Heels. I want to give a special thanks to Sherelle McMillan and Sean Moran for joining us here on the Coast to Coast podcast. If you're not an Inside Carolina premium subscriber, make that change for once in your life. Uh, make it feel good. It's going to make a difference. Plus, you'll get all the great content that Inside Carolina is pumping out on a regular basis. Uh, and we want you to be able to hear the great stuff that we're putting out for you guys. Uh, so make sure you become a premium subscriber. Subscribe to all of our podcasts on however you're getting your podcasts, you know, Spotify, uh, Google Play, Apple Tunes, iStore, whatever, whatever you call it today. But subscribe. Make sure you're getting all of our content. I want to give a special shout out to Johnny T-Shirt for sponsoring the show and a special shout out to John Siegley for producing. But for Sherelle McMillan, for Sean Moran, this has been the Coast to Coast Podcast. I'm Joey Powell. We'll catch you guys next time. Thanks for listening to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com. Brought to you by JohnnyTShirt.com. Where to go for your next Tar Heel gear purchase. What's up, y'all? This is four-time NBA champ Andre Iguodala. Yo, and this is his best friend, the Ohio State legend, Evan Marcel Turner the first. Every Wednesday, we drop a new episode on our show, Point Four. We're talking basketball, business, and all the culture in between. From locker room stories to some basketball analysis from those who've been in the game. Now, it is a do-bet. Do averaging 29 and 11. God, shit. What'd it take to be an all-star? A win. Subscribe to Point Four, the podcast, so you don't miss a thing.